and welcome back to the second installment, the second episode of Oh, Let's Talk About It, the podcast. Before I go on, I'd like to welcome anyone back that did listen to the first episode. i also like to welcome any newcomers. You are appreciated. And anyone that may decide that, hey, this isn't for me. It was nice having you here. Before I get into the topic, I want to say what took me a few days longer than I generally or originally planned to even decide to do the topic. I have a variety of topics that I do plan to discuss over time from my point of view, from my, ex- my experiences and my perspective. But this particular one just kept popping up. I'm like, I could be talking about this, I could be talking about that, I could be talking about some other things. But the topic of divorce is not an option kept popping up. Near me, full transparency, I've been married twice, I've been divorced twice. And someone would say, like I hear people say all the time, nobody that's been divorced a few times can tell me anything about marriage. I tend to disagree with that. Because here's the thing, I might not be able to tell you what does work, but I can tell you what doesn't. Done it twice. And I'm not one that just places the blame on the other party. No, I played a part in it too. And some own their parts, some don't. But I was torn about doing it because I'm like, eh, I don't want it to come up. This is just the thoughts in my head. I don't want it to come across as I'm anti-marriage. I don't want it to look this way. I don't want it to look that way. But then I thought about it. I said, but it happens. I could see if it was something that was such a rarity, but it does happen. I'm going to get into one particular statistic from last year that shows that it does happen. But if divorce is not an option, why is it happening? So I'm going to go ahead and um, let's get right into it. You know, a lot of times we go into marriage and I'm going to speak for me first. I grew up in a two-parent household, and I saw my parents interact in a very, what I think is a healthy manner. Never saw them arguing. Um, They may have disagreed, but I never saw either one of them raising their voice to each other. It seemed that my father always was considerate of my mother, and my mother always considerate of my father. You know, from my view, he had his role as... You know, I'm a preacher's son as the pastor, but father of the home, and she was the first lady, but she was the mother of the home. From my view, both, neither one of them was any higher or lower than the other. It's just that he was daddy, that's mama. Now, when, when things got too heavy, mama deferred to daddy. And on the flip side, and I learned this as I got older, when the father didn't necessarily know, might not know what was going on or know the details, he can defer back to mama, ask your mama. Get it up off of me. So I saw what I thought was a healthy marriage. You know, I grew up and of course, like I said, I've been married twice. Now you would think, okay, somebody coming from seeing a healthy marriage that, hey, you would automatically have a healthy marriage. But it doesn't necessarily work like that. Because seeing something and being taught something sometimes can be two different things. 
you can see it all day long, but if you don't know the inner workings of it, because all I see is mama, daddy. I don't see a husband and wife. Now, I know that they are married, but I don't know what that entails. And then you only get taught from a certain point of view, you know, regards to what your environment was. Mine happened to be church, you know. Some, there's is, is the streets or is, uh, it might be parents that's two educators. It could be in law or whatever. It could be a variety of things. But you kind of learn from whatever your perspective is and whatever your upbringing is and whatever was around you. You learn from that. So, like I say myself, uh, I saw what I thought was a healthy marriage, but I still wasn't taught. Later on, I found it out that I wasn't taught it. Um, and I think it's a beautiful thing to, for those that do figure out how to make it work along the way. But as we see, 39% didn't. So what if we had a chance to learn beforehand? And of course, hindsight is 2020. But what if we had a chance to be taught the things to look for before we ever said, I do, regardless to what marriage um, structure you tend to follow? Because it's 2021 and we're not going to act like Everybody just follows the same marriage structure. You know, you have monogamy, but you have polygamy. You have, what is it, polandry. You have all different types of things that you may or may not agree with. I'm not stating them for you to agree or disagree. I'm just stating them. Um, because, look, I respect whatever you can agree to with somebody. I have no choice but to respect it. Like I say, 39% didn't. So what if we had a chance to learn beforehand? Okay, so why do we get married in the first place? And I'm going to be a little transparent, but I'm going to still be mindful of some of the things I'm saying because some of it is connected to other parties and I'm in no means trying to, you know, make them look bad. But why do we get married? Okay, so I'm going to say love. I love them. I can't see myself without them. They're the moon and the stars. They the cheese in my grits. They the butter on my bread. They the paper for my printer. They the key for my board. They all of that. You know, and I get that. You know, you feel like you feel so attached, so connected to a person in a particular time, in a particular season. Like I say, that's stuff you learn along the way. But for that particular time and season, you're so connected with that person that no, you can't see yourself without them. Because this version of what I see right here, this is perfect for where I am. But mind you, like I say, nobody tells us about the curves and the turns and the different things that can come that can alter or change or change the way a person is. Simple as that. I'm not even going to try to over uh, deepify it and make it more than what it is it changes how a person operates it might change their mindset their perspective we get like i said get married for love but we're misinformed even about what love is because a lot of times we're well, all the time we're being bombarded look at my tongue getting twisted today but i'm gonna get it out 
getting bombarded through the media, whether it's social media, whether it's TV or whatever, uh, the news, movies, television shows, with versions of love that are scripted, even from these reality shows, it's versions of what they call love that is scripted. And this is not, not a shot at the show, but it's called love and hip hop. But if you watch the show, you know a lot of that is scripted and set up to look a certain way. But that name love is in it. So somewhere in our mind, some may attach themselves to, oh, that's love. You know, everybody grew up differently, you know, depending on what your household was. Either way. What you saw is what your version of love was up until a certain point. Until you learn different or begin to see different or know different. If you ever did, that's your version of love. Because to you, that's all you know. So whether that's considered good or bad, that was love to you. Another reason we get married and we just going to be honest. We're going to be honest. Sex. And we're adult here. I'm not going to be vulgar. But we're adults. Well, at least I hope you're an adult watching this and listening to this. Sometimes we run across that one. And we want that one to be the only one. Forever and ever and ever. And we can get lost in it, especially depending on what point of your life it comes at. It can mess you up. And, and like I said, we're just being honest. Be honest with yourself. You can get connected to somebody that, and I can speak for myself, that everything else can be so bad, but for some reason, that part is so good. It's like, man, I ain't going to let nobody else get this. I just have to deal with it six more months. Six more months and I'm done, but nah, can't nobody else have this joint right here. That's me. But honestly, that happens. Money. Cash rules everything around me. Cream get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Y'all should know what that is. If I have to tell you, you probably shouldn't be watching my video. But I love you, though. But money. They say the love of money is the root of all evil. And some would dispute what I'm about to say. Because what I'm about to say is not what the scripture says, but it's true. I believe that the lack of money is the root of all evil. Because people rob, kill, and steal when they lack money. Not when they love it. Because you don't have to love it to need it. When you're hungry, it ain't got nothing to do with you, you loving the money. No, my kids need pampers, dog. My, my, my girl on my head, my man on my head, these bill collectors on my head, the judge on my head. Like, that's real talk. It ain't got nothing to do with me loving it. I just got to have it because it, it rules everything around me. So I believe that the lack of money is the root of all evil. And to be honest, sometimes I believe we put ourselves in situations where we see a good situation that yeah, we, 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 we love them. Sex is cool, but they got steady income. So you put all of those things on the scale. And you say, I've loved somebody more 
this isn't the best sex, but it's not the worst sex. But I know these bills going to be paid. I know the way that they are, whether it's the man or the woman. I know that the way that they operate, this stuff is going to happen whether I'm here or not. So I just hit a lick, dog. I just hit a lick. They love me more than I love them. See, I'm talking too real to somebody right now. Somebody said, man, you ain't said nothing. I'm talking too real to somebody right now. They love me more than I love them. So, you know, I can, I can work this for a minute. Not considering those changes that come. Not considering the fact that this person might wise up and realize, oh, I've been a sucker for a long time. So I'm just going to see how long you think I'm a sucker. So we do it for the money and add it on to that stability. Everybody wants to know that everything going to be good. Everybody wants to know that if something happens, we good. That it's, it's a great feeling to know that even if the water heater busts or flat tire or something wrong with the car, something wrong with one of the kids, roof leaking, anything that at least one of us, if not both of us, we have we've created a situation where, yeah, it's going to cost us money, but we got it. It might set us back a, a little piece, but we got it. So for that stability. One other thing, and I don't want to say it's the last thing, but it's another thing that I believe really factors in, is our upbringing. And I'm going to touch on that in just a second. Right after this. All right. Next segment. As I said, I was talking about upbringing. I don't think that many of us, and I'm going to say me, we weren't directly taught what to look for, like some of the signs to look for when we're looking for a mate. And we don't even know that the signs that we see are the signs. So we see certain things and we recognize how certain things are. But we don't recognize, oh, no, these are the signs. These are these are what red flags are. But we're taught that things like. Uh, you texted somebody else or who was that? Oh, that's your cousin. They're really your cousin. Like, like stuff that's really superficial and, and, and symptoms of a bigger problem, we get caught up on that instead of going to, to the root of it. For instance, we, we consider, when considering someone to look forward to do life with, we have to consider how they've done life up until the point we've gotten with them. We can't go into it thinking, well, because we have a certain amount of things in common, which is, which is common, actually. You can actually run into a variety of people that you have a lot of things in common with. That means you're soulmate. Just means you have a lot of things in common. Uh, we have to consider what their journey has been up until this point. A person's uh, origin story, how they were brought up. Whether it was a one-parent household, two-parent household, whether they grew up with their mother, their father. What type of relationship do they have with them? 
And this this is not an attempt to judge them. We're not judging in a negative sense because to a degree it is making a judgment. But you have to consider, okay, things that I didn't know to consider. What type of relationship does she have with her mother? Because it matters. Because if, if it's a lot of angst there, if it's a lot of issues there, especially if they're unresolved issues, that has to manifest in some type of way. It's just the nature of it. If it's any type of trauma, any type of uh, abuse or anything, and I, hopefully I'm not saying anything to trigger anybody. But if it, any, any type of conflict, unresolved conflict there, it's going to manifest in some type of way. You need to take the time to observe that. Over time, don't rush in. Same thing with the father. Like, what type of relationship is that? Was he even there? Are there daddy issues? Are they looking for a father figure? Because... We just being honest, that does happen. As as so the man looks for a mother figure. So I'm not just trying to make it one sided. What type of issues do they have with that? Because to be honest, a lot of us do have some type of issue, whether it's a bigger issue or a smaller one. There is something there. You know, as they say, and I paraphrase, we spend our adulthood trying to fix who we were in our childhood. Some to that degree. You get what I'm saying. Do your Googles. I'm sure it's up there somewhere. But we need to observe their family dynamics. Because, okay, you come from a particular frame of doing things, whether you've considered that good or bad, but that's what you're used to. And to some degree, that's what you will duplicate a lot of times whether we want to or not we, we often find ourselves doing our parents being our parents and, and responding as our parents and having mannerisms as our parents not on purpose it's in your DNA it's what you grew up around it, it was in, embedded in you so much daily that at some point it manifests itself so that's your point of reference so, so, so to some degree, like I say, especially if it was any way healthy. Okay, see if it wasn't healthy. You want to set up your own stable situation. So, yes, it can probably be easy to be misled or misinformed. And you think, okay, I came from a, a messed up situation. And I, I kind of got myself together. So they can too. And even if they can't, because I did, I can help them do that. I can I can help them get to that point. We make the mistake of trying to fix people. That's what therapists are for. That's what counselors are for. People go to school for years for that. And it's one thing to be a friend and, and, and to be a confidant. But myself included, I'm a, you know, over time I've done that. So, solace, try to find solace in a relationship. Well, really, I just need to be in therapy. Ain't nobody going to say that, though, right? 
You're not going to admit that, right? You're not going to admit, I don't need a boyfriend. I don't need a girlfriend. I don't need a husband. I don't need a wife. I need therapy. And I truly believe if we were taught that earlier, like, it would have been cool if I could have went in my teens. Not even saying I needed it, but just to get exposed to it so that at 41, it wouldn't be a new thing. And I'm on the back end of two divorces. Maybe certain things could have been addressed when it was less space to try to address it in. Say, say if I went at 17. Okay, that's only 17 years of whatever. Instead of 30 plus 40 some years of it. Now you got to try to unbox that. So I just threw that in there. Now, I don't know because I definitely didn't end everything I had on paper, but I'm not going to make this a super long uh, episode. Because for one, this particular topic is too much to cover in one episode. And two, I do want to get a chance to speak on some personal perspectives and experiences that I've had. And I'm going to attempt to do them in a way that doesn't make anybody look bad. And some of it is actually funny in hindsight, but it's not funny then. And if it could have been done a different way, it probably should have been done a different way. No regrets, but it probably should have been. But when you're not educated to it, you just do it however you do it. Anyway, I'm beginning to ramble on, but I'm, I'm hoping to, with this, help someone. And I'm even put it like this. I'm not going to say I'm helping you to stay married. I'm not saying I want to help you get a divorce. What I'm saying is, hopefully within something I say, you can find something that helps you. And if that thing that helps you brings you happiness, do it. Regardless to what end of the fence you fall on. That's what I'm an advocate for, happiness. So if staying married makes you happy, stay married. But if it gets to the point where it, just, where it just doesn't make sense and you'll be happier not being married, I'm not against that either. Now I'm going to put an end to it right here and I'm hoping you all will join in next time. I'm not going to take as long next time. And I want y'all to bear with me. I'm getting more comfortable. As you see, I got, I got me some beautiful... I put a couple of pictures up on the wall. They're not too crooked. I tried to balance it out and everything. Of course, I got the black queens on the wall. I'm going to try to add some more art. And, you know, over time, if y'all stick with me, you'll see it grow. I do have my mic. My mic is actually hooked up. You see the red light? That means we got action, baby. So it ain't just sitting over here now. But I appreciate y'all tuning in. And like I said, episode three will be coming next week. I do plan to at least do one more part of this just to kind of add a little more to it. At least one more part. It, it may stretch out a few more episodes depending on if I get any type of feedback. If you like it, you don't like it. Like I said, I have some several topics in mind, but I want to listen to the people a little bit too. Because as I learn, I teach. As I teach, I learn. So I want it to be one big cycle. Anyway, thank y'all for tuning in. I will see y'all next time. Peace.